by the way, last time I saw you, the, the beard wasn't there. You were a little young for that, I think, Jared. Yeah, no, I, didn't, <laughs> I watched the clips of the uh, some of the videos back in the day. And I just kind of like shake my head, like, wow, I was trying to trying to wear that, like just like a little little hairs there during the playoffs. And like to me, I thought it was a massive beard back then, but uh, yeah, still trying to work on it. On this episode of the OHL podcast, uh, I don't think there's any argument that our guest scored the biggest goal, hands down, in Owen Sound attack franchise history. Jared Maidens joins the pod. And before we talk about that goal, which obviously uh, is going to be a meaningful point of this conversation, Jared, I think we have to start with how you're doing today because a concussion derailed your hockey career. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, no, I'm doing well. Life's good. You know, back to uh, to normal, which is which is awesome. Um, for a while after the hit, there, you know, you're dealing with some some stuff and, and some symptoms where you kind of had to, to relax and maybe not uh, you know do as much as you'd like. But things are a lot better now um, through a lot of different you know treatment options and, and people helping me out. Um, you know, still deal with some side effects with with headaches, but I figured out how to manage those things and. Uh, you know, just really get through life without having to, to deal with that as much, um, which can be a little bit bothersome. But, uh, you know, things are great. Things are good. Finishing school, which we can get into more and, and all that. But, uh, yeah, just living life and, and really enjoying it and uh, still a part of the game and uh, doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So glad to hear that. And when you talk about feeling normal again, can you describe in any way how abnormal it felt to go through what you've gone through? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's very tough to understand until you feel it, until you go through it. Um, like I said, I remember right before I had mine, I think Sidney Crosby was going through some of his major ones. And I remember, you know, just thinking like, why is this guy off so long? Or, you know, why is it taking him so long to get back? Like, you know, is it really bad as, as he says it is? And then you actually experience it and you feel it and you're like, holy smokes, like, you know, it is what they say it is. And it's one of those things where it's like an invisible injury, right? Where, you know, someone kind of said you break an arm you see the cast it's like okay you have a timeline where it's like the concussions people kind of see you and they don't understand what's going on underneath and you know you don't have that timeline of recovery and that's one of the biggest things too is you mentally like what am I going to get back for me is like one week turned into two weeks two weeks into a month and then a month a bunch of months and it's like holy smoke so you have to be you know very strong mentally and just you know understanding that there's a you know trust the process and then plan through it all but um, yeah it's good days bad days and you, you kind of learn just to to go with it. And, and that's, uh, you know, what I did and, you know, found options. I think big thing was just kind of, you know, just trying different, um, you know, doctors or treatments and, and figure out what works for you in, in that specific case. Obviously an injury like this completely changes your career trajectory because you're a third rounder to the Ottawa senators for crying out loud. You had a professional hockey career that you were headed towards. And I don't think anybody comes to the OHL without those aspirations, right? You want to use that for the step to the next level. So let's just go back a little bit in hockey, Jared. And when you get drafted to the Owen sound attack, here's a kid from the Niagara area in Ontario, getting called up to gray County. Uh, what was it like when you found out that the Owen sound attack were the, was the team that wanted you? Yeah, it was one of those things where um, I wasn't exactly sure what number I was going to go. Um, I know it was going to be, you know, decently earlier, and I had an idea of what teams were picking at those spots. So, um, I mean, when you're at that age, you're just so excited just to get to that the next step. So, um, whoever took me, I was willing to uh, to go and play and just enjoy the experience. So, um, I'm trying to think who I was talking to before, but Owen Sound was one of the ones where I think uh, 
I wasn't on the radar initially. So when I got the call, I was like, okay, all right, it's awesome. Um, and uh, we went up there. I believe, yes, I got the jersey and the hat the day of the draft. So we must have knew like a day prior or so or a couple days prior. So we were able to get up there and, and be in the, uh, I guess, feel the experience a bit more. So when they're called, uh, you know, I, I think it was the Dale DeGray and maybe a couple others with the staff there shook their hand, put the hat on. And it was really neat. It was it was awesome day, uh, cool experience. And just obviously a start to, you know, hopefully a, a long career, you hope. Uh, a bit shorter than I was expecting. But I mean, if I had to pick a scenario to have, you know, just a, a small little window of playing, I think it could have been by, by far. Well, definitely was the best <laughs> place to go to uh you know after everything that that team did and i was just able to to go along for the ride so it was uh, it was special i'm just thinking now as a kid from the niagara area i hope i assume you got a chance to play in the jack back in the day and then you end up at the bay shore any comparisons between those two barns definitely definitely a bit yeah it's uh those, those tighter arenas where you uh you definitely be better be able to take a hit and give a hit eh? with those those smaller rinks so um, it wasn't my natural game to uh, to play those co- close quarters, but you know you learn to uh, adapt to it. But yeah, definitely the feel of just being everyone on top of you and uh, pretty cool, cool atmosphere. Who had the biggest impact on you, Jared, as you were developing in hockey and leading your way up to the Ontario Hockey League? Yeah, I mean it'd be hard not to say my dad. I feel like that's the the go to with a lot of people, but um, <clears throat> definitely the biggest impact with me, and you know always in my ear, sometimes too much, you know, as a kid growing up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he realized that where he stepped down from the, the bench towards the uh, later end of my minor hockey career. But it's just it's funny how he's just so passionate about the game and just pushing me to to be better. And, um, you know, he played himself and, you know, he taught it. So he understood all the different areas and, and how to adapt. So uh, he was definitely the biggest influence for me going through. But, um, you know, coaches here and there that have huge, huge impacts and, you know, really make a difference for you as you develop, you know, physically and mentally as a player. Uh, Matt Turk, when I was in the Hamilton Junior Bulldogs, uh, I know he's with uh, a couple, you know, major organizations now with, you know, scouting or operations. Um, Frank Pierangelo, you know, who won a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, he coached with my dad my whole basically minor hockey career growing up. So a bunch of these guys who were there understood it and just kind of give you these little, you know, tidbits here and there to uh, to help you get to the next level. You talk about the junior Bulldogs. I have to wonder about the, uh, maybe you call them the the senior, the major Bulldogs, but the Hamilton Bulldogs with their OHL championship last year. Do you still keep an eye on the league and would Hamilton be the team? A little bit, yeah. I watch it here and there. Obviously with social media, it's hard to uh, sometimes miss some, miss some stuff. So it's good that way where things will pop up. And uh, yeah, they did some special stuff. So I was able to, um, you know, catch, you know, some glimpses here and there. Uh, I also, what was it, the outdoor game? Yeah, it was last last winter, right? So yeah. I, I went there. I caught the the Leafs, and I know they were able to take advantage of that uh, that pad, which was pretty awesome. I was thinking, like, imagine the OHL, you know, players being able to play outside in that that environment, like how uh, how special that would be. So um, good for them. I don't know how they're they're looking this year. Are they going to make another big big run in it, or is it kind of more of a, a rebuild? I'm not sure. I haven't been following. Yeah, uh, the Hamilton team as much. I think it's time. It's interesting, actually, in this conversation with you. It's it's time for a rebuild in Hamilton. But the Owen Sound attack this year are are on their way up, and and people are starting to talk about maybe this is a maybe this is something that happens, you know, 10, 11 years after the last time it did for Owen Sound. That's what I hear. I've been talking to some people, and they're pretty excited, and um, you know, talking about the team and some players they got coming up. I think some they're saying some guys that had uh, some major, uh, I don't know, some some goals uh, or milestones that they've reached as far as rookies and stuff recently, which was pretty 
pretty awesome for Owen Sound. It was a 30 plus goals. Some of the yeah. rookies are scored. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. So you're keeping up with these things just enough. Colby Barlow last year set a new uh, franchise record beating Bobby Ryan's old mark. And that's, listen, if you're if you're beating a record that Bobby Ryan once held, I think you're, you're doing all right. Yeah, seriously. Good for him. Well, so what was your first season in the Ontario Hockey League like? When you, when you look back on it now, Jared, what was that experience like in the Ontario Hockey League? It was good. It can be uh, a bit shocking at first. I mean, coming in, um, you know, as a kid from, you know, playing minor hockey, you know, we all go through it and we all have to make that step. Um, I think the big thing is, you know, you're used to being, I always say like the, you know, the big fish in minor hockey when you come up in an earlier pick and then you come in the OHL and there's a bunch of guys who are the exact same, you know, or even better who had to go through that process of, you know, the rookie duties and climbing your way up the ladder to eventually, you know, earning, the respect to be a leader. And um, I think if I could have changed anything, you know, just advice to, you know, kids when I talk to them when they're trying to, because I still do player development and all nice stuff. I just try to talk about that mindset and just coming in, you know, ready to learn, um, ready to work, ready to kind of be that, that rookie and to be there for your players. I think that would have been a, a, a awesome mindset to have early on going into it. Just, just knowing that you got to really earn, earn that respect to, to play. And, uh, but other than that, I mean, it was a great experience. I learned so much. I think when you get to that level, you realize how much you still had to learn and just little habits. I remember like my first practice with a bit of Mark Reeves, which were with our coach. He was amazing there with everything he taught, but I'd shoot a puck in a drill and then I would just like skate off to the corner. And he's like, you know, looking at me like, you do that in the game? I'm like, no, I probably shouldn't do that. So he's like, stop one and then after you shoot a puck. So just little, little habits like that, right? We're in minor hockey, you just kind of like go through the flow. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really good and I'm um, just obviously living away from home and uh, and doing that, which is different and just finding, you know, new habits and, and how to uh, kind of get yourself going. Being away from home is something that I think is underappreciated for fans of the league, because when you put on Owen Sound's jersey, you're just an Owen Sound boy, right? But you're living there with basically a, a brand new family. You're like a foster kid to some degree. Uh, what was the billet experience like for you? Yeah, it was good. I mean, my first year I had uh, Daniel Zweep, so big Zweeper, the fighter, and it all sounds so you know I felt a little bit more protective with, with that big unit. Uh, but uh, it was good. It was it was a nice experience. I mean, um, he was a very easygoing guy. You know, you see him on the ice, he seems scary, but off the ice, he's a big he was a big teddy bear, and uh, we got along well. So that was nice um, for me. It's huge to have another guy. I think in the house. I know some some guys sometimes go. Uh, solo, I believe, where it's just themselves. But um, it's just nice to have a teammate to be able to drive to the rink with and, and come back with and just, you know, debrief about stuff or, or talk about things. Um, and then it was just one of those houses where a lot of guys would, you know, want to hang out and, you know, be together. And it's one of those close, close-knit teams. So, uh, yeah, it was a good, good, awesome uh, setup. I think I had a couple while I was there and just, yeah, really good time. Does a game stand out for you, Jared, early in that season, that first season in the OHL that made you realize, okay, I'm here, I belong here, and this is the right place kind of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't uh, haven't had that one yet with uh, the specific game. It's good. Um, I think, well, I, I believe it was my second game that I that I got my first one. We had the um, the Mercury jerseys on, um, those third jerseys, and uh, I I believe it was against Guelph. I should probably remember these things, right? But <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, I think when I when I scored that goal pretty early in the season, and I think I started off pretty pretty well. I, I believe it was almost a point a game the first you know seven games, and I was like, okay, well, I can actually you know do this and you know keep up with it. And like I said, I think that's a big thing is mentally just having the confidence to know that okay, it's a big step, but it's you know it's also manageable and just learning how to process everything. Um, and then obviously the the NHL guys came back from their <laughs> their camps, and then you get booted down the the lines a bit when the big boys come back uh, early in the season. But uh, you know, just trying to you know stay encouraged and not discouraged was, was the big one for me, right? Because um, you know, as good as I you know thought I was doing, you like I said, those guys earn their way to the top, and they're unbelievable players. So you have to sometimes ride the pines a bit more certain games and just learn to I guess watch and and, and process how they do things. So. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say early on, I kind of I realized that I got this. I just have to, you know, make myself believe that upstairs that, uh, you know, can do it. Was there an arena besides the Bay Shore? Because obviously I think you'd love your home arena, but that you enjoyed playing in besides in Owen Sound? Um, it was funny. Uh, the Rankin, the Hershey, the Hershey Center in Saga. I know that's where I got the goal, but I remember um, there'd be times in minor hockey where we had games and you know, I had you know, unbelievable nights there. So something about that rink that was always close to, uh, to me. And it's like, you know, you walk in there and you get excited and obviously it's an unbelievable uh, facility there inside uh, just with the, the stadium and the stands. So I'd say that rink was always one that I loved to, to play at. It was, yeah, it was great. What about the opposite end of that spectrum, a building you hated going into, whether it was the team you were playing or just the arena you didn't, you didn't feel comfortable in? We didn't play in it a lot, but I mean, Peterborough was always known with the square, uh, <laughs> square corners. So that was, that was very interesting. Yeah. Trying to uh, adapt to that one. So um, I think any rink that's like, you know, tighter or smaller. And I guess that's why people say they hate going into Owen Sound's <laughs> barn and playing like in the ice dogs, right? Because it's just a whole new field. And you got Belleville on the other hand, where you just, you feel like you could skate for skate for days on the Olympic size ice there. So um, definitely the smaller ones. They didn't fit my game uh, <laughs> too, too well. I like more of the, uh, the old nice playmaking and doing stuff. It's funny you talk about that uh, that Owen Sound Arena, and it just it feels, well, it, I mean, the building itself, of course, is smaller, but we were just in there first week of the season, and one of the rookies was out at the glass kind of just taking a look at the arena, and as I was walking up to the broadcast booth, I said to him, I know it looks smaller, but the ice surface is the same size, but it's just, it's so weird when you're, and I guess obviously when it's your home arena, you get, you get used to that, but it's, it's a strange place for other teams to come into. And I guess maybe good home ice advantage there at the Bay Shore. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I, it must be, I guess what, just how the the stands are kind of like over top. It makes you feel like you're, maybe it's the colors. It's a bit, bit darker in there. Right. So maybe it just gives you that, like, you know, you that idea that you think it's a bit smaller for sure. But, uh, you know, Owen Sound's definitely learned how to utilize it to their advantage and has done some great stuff in there. So, yeah, home ice advantage all the way. Was there a point during that season, Jared, that you kind of had the feeling that maybe this group was capable of of something special? I mean, we know how it ended, and we'll get to that. But was there a point during that season where, you know, the switch may have flipped and you're like, yeah, you know what, we're capable of something here? Yeah, I don't know exactly at what point that was. I mean, halfway through the season when you had Christmas break and you came back and it's kind of like that stretch towards the end where it's like you're fighting for, you know, to finish in the certain spots. I think that's when I kind of realized after the halfway point, like, okay, you know, it wasn't just beginner's luck or anything like that. Like, we've held on to this point. So, like, this is becoming real. 
um, I remember we'd have the the standings in the room where it'd be like um, the ratings for like each team within each division in the OHL. And, you know, I kept seeing our name kind of just going between, you know, one, two, whatever, staying at the top of, uh, you know, division and even the league as far as like goals for goals against. I'm like, okay, this team's, this team's pretty legit. Like they're, uh, you know, they're holding on to this and they just found ways to, to win. And I feel like it would just be, you know, you'd be down by a goal or two and, you know, I'd just be sitting there, you know, getting my shifts here and there, but I'd watch these big guys like Hishin and Wilson and, you know, Andrew Shaw. They just find ways to score and so many other names. I think that's probably why we did so well because we were so deep as a team, but like would come back and win. And I'd just be like, these guys just, they know how to win. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. That's the, that's the second time you mentioned that as a rookie, obviously, uh, you're not getting as much ice as as others, and that's the way it goes. Those are the dues that you pay in in hockey, generally, not just in the OHL. But then then we fast forward to you know the way we started this conversation today. I don't think there's any argument at all, Jared. The goal that you scored, Game Seven, overtime, OHL final, and the attack win the OHL championship, biggest goal in franchise history. Take me take me through it. Yeah. Um... Definitely felt like a long bus ride going to that game for sure. Um, just a lot of jitters, a lot of, you know, good nervous feelings, uh, just excitement. Um, but it was one of those things where it was a, a long, long grueling season. There's a, a lot of games. I mean, many guy can, you know, attest to that as far as the playoffs go. It's, it's a grind, right? Like there's not many days off here, you know, you're playing at home, you're going away. So, um, you know, especially to grind it out with the seven game series, uh, I believe we had a, you know, was our tougher? I mean, first first round I think was the the closest one. Next to that was a bit tougher against London, of course, in their their barn. It's always uh, tough for some reason to play in there. Maybe just more intimidating with how many people. But yeah, we were going to Mississauga, um, and then we we were doing our warm ups, and I remember just seeing all the white, <laughs> all the jerseys. So I was like, okay, maybe this feels like a bit more like a home game, um, and I think that kind of got us going a bit more as well. Um, and then I think for me, just as the rookie, I was like. Just get out there, do your do your duties, get it done. Just don't be that guy that's, you know, a liability you're getting scored on. And, um, you know, obviously I had two overagers, you know, with me on my line. So I'm like, okay, that's making it a lot a lot easier. I had um, Robbie McNardi and Liam Healis. So both the old guys on the uh, the team, so helping me through. So um, I believe I had two to that game. It was one of those goals where um, it, I can't take credit for, you know, base – basically doing it all. I just happened to, you know, get to the right area. The first one, I believe I got a cross ice pass kind of, and just almost like a back door. Um, and then obviously the, the second one in OT, uh, which was the, the biggest goal of my life. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I don't know. I didn't expect it. I'll tell you that um, for sure. And uh, <laughs> uh, the way it happened, the way everything went down, um, like I said, just right place at right time and uh it just happened so fast but as the uh as i whacked at the because uh, i think it was might have been pet grave i believe from the point so i think bracer cameron brace brought it back he shot it on net and it kind of popped out in the slot and i just skated to it gave it like the worst whack i've ever done for a first shot and um it was like slow-mo it just kind of just slid to the the post and kind of beat his pad as the goalie was sliding across. And one goal will decide this championship as well. Brace centers in front. No side the score!
just threw up my hands. I was, I was always the worst seller when it came to uh, celebrating after a goal. <laughs> just threw the hand up. Um, I think Bracer caught me first, and uh, his uh, finger poked me in the eye. I lost the contact, so I was half blind that whole celebration. Um, after everyone's just you know, coming around to celebrate on the boards, it was, it was sweet. It's funny. You, you started talking about that celebration because I wonder how much you can remember about what happens next. Like that puck goes in and all of a sudden it it dawns on you what just happened and, and the meaning, I guess, sort of of the moment. But um, that celebration must be pretty intense. Oh, it was it was very intense. Yeah. Like I said, he got me good in the face. So contact, I don't know if you well, you have glasses so you can, I guess, you know, you know what it's like when you don't have uh have them on so one's off and I'm like you know blind trying to do the interviews after here with Jared Maidens there may be a new mayor in Owen Sound by the end of the day the overtime winner to give the Owen Sound attack the OHL title take us through the goal oh just one of those things you're in the right spot at the right time you know uh just trying to get contact to the puck and you just slowly watch it go in it was a great feeling not only an OT winner, but also a goal in regulation today. Where does this compare in the games of your junior hockey or minor hockey career? I can see you're still shaking. Well, yeah. I don't think this compares to uh, anything previous before this. This is uh, this is the best feeling by far in hockey. I, I'm loving it. You know, just doing the whole ceremony, but uh, it was it was amazing. It was cool, and um, like I said, I was just happy to to feel a part of it because you know, as rookies, you know, you don't have that that big role, even though you can be valuable at times for certain scenarios. Um, you know, it's the big guys that, you know, you go to and, you know, see them kind of, you know, pull through and, and win games, but to be a part of it that way felt, felt really nice as the rookie. And I was appreciative and just felt, you know, blessed to be there and, and to experience that. How many times since that goal, Jared, have you been asked to talk about that goal? Like I just asked you to talk about, especially in Owen Sound. I mean, this is honestly, this must live on in Owen Sound hockey lore now. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. I love talking about it. I mean, when, when people approach me like yourself and want to, you know, do an interview and talk, I mean, I, I definitely get excited and I'm appreciative that I could, like I said, just be, be there. And it's one of those goals that just always lives on and it's so special um to just you know think about it or bring it up again and relive those those moments um you know as old as i get i'll, I'll always want to uh <laughs> relive the glory days right and, uh you know eventually tell the kids yeah you know back then uh no i'm just kidding but um yeah no it's uh it's nice it's it's special and um i uh you know when you think back to it i mean we've just passed 10 years not too long ago so it's it's crazy i still feel like i'm a, an 18 year old you know, young kid in my mind. I mean, other than the pain in my joints and the uh, lower back, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's great, yeah. How many of the guys from that championship team are you still in touch with? Um, not a ton, ton. Like, I, um, I'm trying to think who I'd be in touch with most. Jake Dotchin played a, a bit my, you know, he wasn't there the original year. Um, I know Curtis Gabriel was actually one of the rookies with me that year uh, when we played, and I keep in touch with, uh, with him quite a bit. I know he retired, I think, maybe a week or so ago. From uh, He was playing up and down in NHL, AHL, really trying to grind his way through. Um, talk about work ethic. That guy um, was crazy, his work ethic. He would be one of those players that would stay on after practices, and he'd be doing suicides, like just skating himself. So I remember telling like myself, like, that guy's – you know, he's going to do something, you know, with his work ethic. And obviously, he, you know, he did, he got to that, that highest level, but um, not too, too many. I mean, here and there, you'll see some guys out of the blue. Uh, Joseph Blendizi, I know he came in uh, a little bit after again. And so I keep in touch with some of them. Uh, there's a bunch of others out here and there. I'm just not coming to mind right now, but uh, really good guys, really good guys.
you had mentioned getting into uh, what was then the Hershey Center, Paramount Fine Foods now, I guess, in Mississauga, we're calling it, but uh, for that game <laughs> seven and seeing the sea of white. And, and I remember just kind of watching that championship and then that Memorial Cup really um, as as a member of the media. And of course, it was nicknamed the Bayshore South because the Owen Sound fans traveled so well. What did it mean to the team to have that kind of support when you were in, obviously, a different barn? Yeah, oh, it's huge support. It's, um, you know, it's massive, especially for, you know, a team going into, you know, another area, another play in another barn. And, you know, we talked about home ice advantage there earlier in the interview. So um, I think they understood as a, you know, as a crowd and as fans, how important that was as well. You know, they've, they took it just as serious. They, they were just, uh, you know, fans that just watched the game passively, but they, they truly did engage and they were, you know, part of the team, which was amazing. And uh, just seeing the bus loads, you know, come up to when you're going to games and you just realize like, okay, that's, that's our, our crew. Like that's all our fans, you know, unloading the, the buses and, and coming to watch us. And, um, you know, it's something amazing about that. It's almost like that feel when you're a kid and you, you know, you got your families coming to every single one of your minor hockey games and, you know, certain people show up here, you want to play. Right. So, um, it was one of those scenarios where you just wanted to play for, for the crowd. So the next season, obviously your draft year and uh, fewer than 30 games in when uh, the injury occurs. Do you remember, do you remember the hit Jared that caused it? Yeah, it was against, um, actually against Barry. It was against Shifley. There's a, a cool, cool name that I like to bring up. I'm like, oh, I played against that guy. Um, he's not bad, eh? Shifley. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just, it was one of those games. It was, you know, getting chippy here and there. And, you know, I was giving some hits, taking some. And then at one point, uh, you know, I was skating and the player was coming to finish his check on me and he was coming across pretty strong. And I think I went to go caught quick and I lost an edge. So I think as I was following, they went to go jump over top of me and a knee kind of collided uh, into the top of my head. So it was more of like a compression hit, not so much whiplash. And um, I just kind of remember feeling like a little bit of a goose egg. Uh, you know, feeling on the, the top of your head where it's, it's very tender and um, continue to kind of just play the game out as, you know, players do when they're, you know, so it's not too, too bad. And then for me, it was like the next day, uh, right? I think it was, yeah, the next morning I woke up and I was like, uh, I felt off. I, I, was I sick or flu or just felt something weird? I couldn't concentrate, um, was dizzy a bit, you know, headachey, foggy, like all those kind of, you know, weird terms that people, used to explain it all. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was one of those hits where it didn't necessarily seem crazy, crazy bad. Cause I wasn't like knocked out or, or laying on the ice. I was still able to get up and, you know, kind of remembered it, but it, um, whatever it did. Yeah. I just, you know, really messed up some, <laughs> some stuff, whether it was, you know, neck, partly neck related, uh, you know, we hear a lot about that with studies, right. Where there could be a lot of neck related stuff as well. Um, you know, secondary to, you know, some concussion brain stuff. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a very fluke incident. With the I, I get the sense, Jared, that somebody that suffers an injury like this uh, becomes almost an expert in what's going on with the brain and the head because you're trying to figure it out. Like, you know, we can talk today. We probably could have been talking 10 years ago very much like this without you showing any any really any real signs of the injury. It's not like you have a cast on. It's not like you're, you know, you've got a broken arm, anything like that, but how much do you learn about head injuries, concussions, the brain itself as you go through this? 
Yeah, I learned so much that made me want to go into the health field. So <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, uh, got into studying osteopathy. So as a manual practitioner, um, you know, I think I got about five months left of that four-year program. So um, constantly studying the, the human body, you know, from the head to toes. So um, it just intrigued me. I think the idea of, you know, not fully being able to understand exactly what was going on and why it's happening pushed me to want to learn more. And it's one of those things with the head. It's like they're still trying to do so much research to figure out exactly what's going on in there. Um, so it's uh, hopefully eventually research will, will bring out a lot more as far as that. I mean, we've seen how it's changed so much. Um, initially when I was playing, it was like, you take that hit, like you got to be sidelined and do nothing and be in a dark room for, for a ton of days. And then now they're realizing like, you know, you take a hit, okay, maybe a couple of days, relax and lay low, but you got to start engaging the brain a bit more because if you don't, then you're going to lose all those synapses you know, in the brain that it's created. So it's kind of interesting how they've kind of changed that a bit of the, you know, demeanor and how they approach um, those injuries and the concussions. So, but I'm really hoping it can come a lot more, a longer way. Um, you see scenarios like that, uh, the quarterback, what's his name with uh, Miami? Right. Yep. Took two hits in two weeks. And I'm like, oh, man, I see the first one where he's walking and he kind of like falls. And then the second one, it's like that scary stuff and something that you got to, take pretty serious but it's hard as athletes right because you just want to keep pushing and um you know it's like no i want to be part of the play i want to make things happen and, you know then you got to deal with with that right you kind of read my mind yeah. on that part because as that yeah. athlete jared you want to you finish that game when when you took the hit it was the next day that you said that you realized something okay is definitely not right here but how frustrating was that process for you when obviously you want to come back, you're in your draft year, you want to play for the Owen Sound attack, you're defending an OHL championship and so on and so on and so on. How frustrating was the period of recovery and the inability to get back? So very frustrating. It's tough. It's like one of those things where it's, you know, out of your, your control in a way. And I, uh, like I mentioned, the timeline, the recovery timeline, you just, you don't know. And uh, I was just trying to take it week by week and, you know, people questioning like what's going on or, you know, how long is this going to take and just feeling just helpless kind of in that way of not knowing exactly when that would be or not being able to give an answer. Um, I had the, was it the Bobby Orr versus uh, the Orr, sorry, Bobby Orr versus Don Cherry game. Right. And top prospects for the, for the NHL draft coming up. And I remember them approaching me and just asked me like, Hey, are you going to be able to play in this thing? And, Cause I was set to go on the run roster. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't give you an answer. And then obviously I had to get, uh, you know, cut off from that because they needed uh, someone to fill in properly. So just things like that leading up to the the draft was, was frustrating just kind of losing out on a little bit of that experience going through it all. And, um, and then I, I you want to play for your country, right. With, uh, you know, world juniors and try out for that. And the year before that I was with the U 18s, you know, in Czechoslovakia playing with, with the guys at the, under 18, we won gold. So I knew I had a good opportunity to try and, you know, make it on the next level there with the uh, the World Junior team. But I uh, didn't get to try out. And, uh, yeah, just things like that. Overall, very tough. And going to the draft, then you feel like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm here, I'm sitting down, I'm you know going to wait for my name. But, you know, like my agent said, just go there and enjoy it. And you might not get drafted. Um, that's okay. Just go and have fun and, and really take, try to take it in. That's the hardest part because, you know, as athletes, you put in the work your whole life. And you realize you get results from that. And so when you're sidelined and just kind of like, it is, you know, whatever happens, happens, it can be a bit tougher. You did get drafted though. And, you know, you, you talked earlier about 
playing that goal or talking to the kids about the goal you scored for the Owen Sound attack, nobody takes that away from you. Nobody takes away from you being drafted in the third round by the Ottawa Senators, even though you only played those 28 games or so in your in your draft year. What did that mean to you? Oh, it was special. It was an uh, amazing, amazing moment. And um, I don't know, I, I went into the draft. I know they told me expect not to get drafted, but, you know, part of you is like, you know what, like, it's going to happen. And, you know, I, I worked hard for this my whole life. And I kind of had third round, kind of somewhere mid in the draft in my mind. And, um, you know, it, thankfully, um, it happened that way. And, you know, it was it was great. And Mark Reed's, you know, being a part of that organization, um, he was kind of the first name that popped into my my head when I got drafted because I thought, oh, okay, maybe he had, uh, you know, an input. I'm sure he did a bit as far as, you know, that and maybe kind of giving them some information. He was with me for the full year before that. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was great. I had something else. I was going to different train of thought, but it's still in the morning. So maybe I, I lost that. I don't know where I was going to go with it, but, um, <laughs> no family there in Ottawa, um, you know, close to, close to my heart as far as going up there, you know, every year and seeing them. So, uh, Canadian team, all this stuff. So when it, uh, when it came up, uh, I was just out that was the best slash worst experience ever is sitting in the chair waiting for <laughs> hoping for your name to be called. It's uh, it can be so nerve wracking, right? Cause you, you know, in a game you, you have the, you have the puck on your stick or, you know, you're making things happen. And then all of a sudden there in that situation, it's like, you just got to sit there and, you know, you know, wait and see and hope that you, uh, you get called. Um, but uh, it's amazing, amazing experience, amazing time. Yeah. You almost made the comeback. You got back to uh, an attack camp in in the summertime, but it just it, it just wouldn't stick for you. Uh, how how difficult was that experience? Thinking that maybe this is the time for you to get back into the game, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, I remember I was still wrestling um, with some some symptoms. Me mainly, it was a lot of uh, you know headaches. I still um, I still battle a little bit of headaches here and there. I have ways to kind of deal with it and. Um, you know, I've even, I think the last, last thing I tried was, was boat. I did the Botox injections and believe it or not, like out of a lot of stuff, that was one of the things that gave me a lot of relief with, with the headaches and um, tension headaches, migraine headaches, whatever you want to call them. But um, yeah, that's been awesome. But I mean, going through it, I, I think a couple of years after the hit, I'm still dealing with that, some other minor things. And I'm like, you know what, I got to try to get, get back and go to camp. And so that's what I did. I went back to Sound. I did the camp. Um, you know, those days would be like, so you got two games in a day, you got fitness testing, you got to work out. And I remember I was just trying to, you know, do take a little bit off as far as my intensity for certain areas during the workouts, just so that I wouldn't bring on worse headaches. And then, you know, during the games, you're going into corners and you're like thinking twice about certain scenarios because you're like, you know, am I going to get my bell rung if I go in this way? And then, so I just kind of reflected after and I'm, you know, I think it was the second day into it and just kind of like where my mind was at. And I'm like, this isn't right. Like I've never felt like this before when I played, you know, when you go into the corners, you know, you don't have those thoughts, you know, before the injury. And it's just always like, you know, I'm going to go in there, get the pocket, I'm going to take off whoever's head, you know, I have to in order to, to get it. And now you're just worrying about, you know, not getting your bell rung again and all these little thoughts. So I'm like having headaches at the camp and, you know, all these little things, not feeling hundred percent healthy. And I made the decision to, you know, pull out and kind of, to me, that was the probably the first time where I realized, okay, maybe it's, you know, it's fully done. You never want to accept that. And uh, that was the hardest day. It was making that decision and talking to, you know, the management and then, you know, talk with the agent 
And then it was kind of almost like the, the official, I guess, goodbye in a way. I never fully did that. I never made like a announcement where I was, you know, stepping away from hockey. I think deep down, I just didn't want to, <laughs> didn't want to do that. Right. It's very, it's very tough to do when it's so close to your, to your heart, your whole life. I can't even imagine at that age, Jared, 18, 19 years old, you've already, you've had that success. You've tasted that success. Obviously a junior, you get drafted in the third round to the national hockey league. And then you have to decide then that, that this is the end of the line. I, I can't even imagine. So what happens next? What, what do you do? How do you begin the process of coming to terms with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, it's very hard. It's, um, you know, it's that feeling where it, you know, your, your heart drops and it just becomes very, you know, dark feeling of like, okay, this is my whole life. You know, this was my, my identity and uh, you know, it's what I was going to do. You know, a lot of times in life, you know, we have these certain things planned out and, you know, funny enough, life never really, you know, works out the way we always have it planned anyway. So um, for me, it was just, you know, learning to, to adapt to whatever's to come will happen. I mean, for me spiritually just finding my faith more you know as a christian was huge for me and just understanding that hockey is great but it's not my full identity and um you know that was a huge outlet for me um, i know hockey ministries international deals a lot with you know junior hockey ahl nhl the pro hockey as far as offer, offering you know chapels and ministries to players and i think that was a huge outlet for me to kind of lean into more and dig into more and realize okay hockey's a great game uh, but there is, you know, more things to life that are that are important. Um, obviously, health being one of them too, which is why I stepped away and, um, you know, the spiritual side of my, you know, being and all that. So that's kind of where I went to and had a huge impact. And people surround me. I can name off so many people that had a, a such a, you know, huge impact. My family being number one, just there to support me. Um, friends, and you just kind of realize, you know, what's important in life. And um, you know, when you step away from the game, you realize how you know, invested you were that you, you forget about all these other things sometimes. So when I came back home, it was funny. It was like just trying to reconnect with, you know, friendships and, and grow relationships that, you know, I just kind of like, you know, you forget about because it's just like, got to make it to the NHL, got to make it to the NHL. So, um, yeah, good things, you know, to take from it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of where I'm at and how I got through it. When you look back on the career as a whole, short as it may have been, certainly from OHL and you didn't get into the NHL other than being drafted, but do you, do you have any, do you have any regrets? Do you, do you look back on hockey at that part of your life fondly? Um, I always tell people I'm so thankful for sports and for hockey. I mean, it's such a, a small world as you know, once you, you get into it and like everyone's like meeting everybody, the networking, um, just the, the characteristics and, you know, certain disciplines you learn through it um, just turn you into, you know, someone in life that's, you know, you learn so many life lessons through it all. So um, it's amazing that way. Um, everything, you know, that it teaches, the coaching side, um, just the, yeah, just the injuries. Like we, you know, we talked about, it's the only, you know, thing that you just got to kind of got to go into knowing that there's a possibility for that to happen. And um, as far as being, you know, a parent in the future, if that ever happened, I feel like it would always be that, you know, you get like uptight, like in certain situations, because you don't want to see someone go through, you know, something like that. Right. So, but it just, it comes, comes with sports and contact. So you just gotta, you know, take that chance with stuff, but it's such an amazing outlet or uh, just to be able to play sports is, is great. So you have stayed in the game to that degree too, helping to develop players at your, uh, your school with your dad. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we stayed, I stayed in that um, after I stepped away from the game, I actually didn't, 
I didn't get right into it. Um, I think it was one of those things where, you know, you hear stories sometimes guys after they're done their careers, they'll, they'll sell equipment and just not even step on the ice for a while. And it was almost kind of like that for me where, you know, I still kept my, my gear and everything, but I never watched hockey at all for, for a while after I kind of had this like, you know, bitter feeling towards things like, you know, I should be, you know, there, you know, doing that. And then I think after about two years, I put on a game and then I started to actually enjoy watching it again more. And then I wanted to step into more of the coaching side and I was going to the ranks more. So it was kind of an interesting process there of transitioning and then got to a point where now I just, I really appreciate the coaching side of it. And I learned so much myself and realized how tough it actually is to be a coach and to try to, to communicate and, you know, take what you know and give it to other people. So, so much more respect for, for coaches now because you're used to just being the player who sits there and, and critiques, you know, them or listens to them. But now you're the guy in that position trying to figure out, okay, how does this player work? How does this guy work? And communicating and getting them, you know, fired up or, you know, developing their skills. Do you think you might pursue that further in the game? Might we see you behind the bench in a uh, in an Ontario Hockey League game sometime? I don't know. That would be pretty neat. It, it um, would be pretty I've cool. Been, yeah. I've been asked that before. Uh, I mean, I've definitely been in the the lane to try to to pursue that still as far as staying connected with, like I said, the development and all that and, you know, teaching and coaching. I haven't coached a, a team yet. I've been asked to to do that with some, you know, minor midget teams and even at a little bit higher levels. Um, and I haven't done it yet. I mean, I've been pursuing osteopathy uh, with the health side. So I've been so passionate about that where it's hard to do all these different things. I kind of have to make sure I stay focused on one thing. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm unsure. I, um, maybe, maybe later on, but I mean, it's one of those things where you gotta, you gotta really put in a lot of, a lot of effort to that as well. And I'm seeing, right. Like even like a player coach, same thing. You gotta kind of, you know, work your way up. It's not something that you're just going to be necessarily given unless you're an NHL guy that, you know, retires. And then all of a sudden you see some of those guys that just fall into a, an operations or coaching spot, but yeah, I'm not sure. We'll, uh, we'll see, but I, I enjoy doing the, the guy that comes in and just works with different teams and, and players. You kind of get to, to see a lot of things and work with a, a lot of, a lot of guys. When you get onto the ice today and, and you do the work that you do, are you able to do it symptom free, so to speak? Like your health is, is good enough that it feels normal to you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm able to go out there and do the hockey stuff and feel symptom free, which is sweet. So, um, yeah, I remember like early on when I, you know, had some stuff going on. Still, I'd, I'd coach and you still feel a little bit of like things. But now when I when I do it, I, I'm good. And um, so that's awesome. Don't have to worry about that. And um, just go out there and coach and uh, to be there for them. But uh, yeah, I'll be on there later today. So I'll be good. I'll figure out some drills, prep the drills and then, uh, yeah, figure out who you're dealing with and what age category and, you know, just do what I can to uh, yeah pass some information on. Given what you're doing now, would you have changed Jared Maiden's the player in any way to make him more coachable? Were you difficult to coach? I don't think I was difficult to coach, but I think I I could have been maybe a bit laid back in, in scenarios. Maybe um, for me, it was finding ways to be more consistent. And, you know, you talk about that engagement level for players and just coming, you know, each game ready, ready to go. For me, I think that would be one thing would be, you know, preparation and, and being properly prepared each game because you're not always going to be the same energy level. Some days you're going to come in feeling a little bit more, you know, down. Some of the days you have a ton of energy. So it's just finding ways to be more consistent. I mean, that's that's a thing early on when you're 16, 17 years old. I mean, 
you're not used to those habits or you come from minor hockey and you're just, you know, you're kind of playing, but just to, to be at that a pro level, you know, you see guys who are analyzing videos or they're eating these meals at certain windows of the day and they're getting proper sleep the night before. I could have been so much better with, with that stuff. Um, and just, I think, yeah, just being a bit more, like I said early on in the interview of just going there and, you know, just taking in what you can and, um, you know, being, being ready and willing to, to be like a sponge and, and just learn and, um, I think I wish I would have been a little bit less hard on myself as far as like, you know, you putting pressure on yourself as a player and, and worrying so much about, you know, who's watching all those little things on the, uh, you know, the exterior and just kind of being a bit more stronger minded and just doing your thing. Yeah. That's, uh, some things I'd probably tell to younger, younger Jared. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the, the idea to track you down came up when I just recently had Fred Wallace on the podcast. And of course we're talking about Owen sound history and that biggest goal. And I'm, I'm starting to think, is there going to be a, a Fred Wallace day or a Jared Maiden's day first in Owen sound to celebrate the success of the attack franchise? It's awesome. Freddie, Freddie uh, Wallace is a great dude. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Jared Maiden's isn't bad either. And he had some pretty good things to say about you. Oh, uh, I appreciate that. Tell, tell him thank you. If I don't know, do you keep him, you guys keep in touch? Quite we do a bit. quite a bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. Tell him thank you. Tell him I said hello, and uh, I hope he's doing well. He's a great guy. Yeah, he a really is. People. It's uh, it's a fun, it's a fun community for uh, junior hockey for sure. And this has been great to get the chance to catch up with you. So thanks a million for making the time to do this with me. I appreciate you having me on here and just be able to chat and talk about hockey and life. So thank you, Mike, for everything. I hope you continue to do great stuff with us. I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.